when she gave her first dinner party in Hollywood with guests such as David Niven, she planned a menu that she thought was perfect. In the end, she was going to serve ice cream balls in perfect spheres. To do this, she had the balls placed in dry ice. But when she served the dessert, people put their spoons into the ice cream ball, and it was so hard, they, start, they just bounced all over the room. And she was mortified. So after that, she made a real effort to learning how to cook. And of course, everything she did, she did well, so she became a wonderful cook. By the time Georgia Carroll served ricocheting ice cream spheres to the Hollywood A-list, she'd been one of the top models in the world. She'd appeared in films, sometimes in cameo roles, because she was that famous. She'd been a featured vocalist in one of the most popular big bands around, and the leader of that big band, Kay Kaiser, well, she married him. All this before she was in her mid-20s. So how did this successful, glamorous woman end up in Chapel Hill? Her longtime friend, Morton Neal, tells her story. I think it never occurred to her in a million years that she wasn't going to live her life in Beverly Hills with all the glamour and all the celebrity friends of Kay's. But once she got to Chapel Hill, in true Georgia style, she made the best of it. And she fell in love with Chapel Hill, of course, and made a huge impact on the town. Chapel Hill worked its magic on her. And she on it. Absolutely. Welcome to 27 Views, the podcast where we talk to some of our favorite writers in the American South. Here we explore what it means to live in, write about, and wander this corner of the country. From the north banks of the Eno River in Hillsborough, North Carolina, I'm your host, Elizabeth Woodman. Today we visit with writer Morton Neal, a well-known presence in North Carolina culinary circles and the design world. She was a close friend of the late Georgia Carol Kaiser. After moving to Chapel Hill in the 1950s, Georgia Carol Kaiser became immersed in town life. The same energy, grace, and beauty that had catapulted her to show business fame were redirected toward family and community, historic preservation, design, art, cooking, and of course, friendships. To call her an influencer in today's parlance would trivialize her talent and generosity. She did more than influence. She befriended and inspired generations of Chapel Hillians. Morton Neal joined us in our occasionally quiet studio to talk about Georgia Kaiser, her life in Chapel Hill, their long friendship. Morton read from and discussed her story, The Beauty Queen of Chapel Hill, which was featured in the anthology 27 Views of Chapel Hill, a Southern University town in prose and poetry. She looked just like that a month ago, my husband said when he saw the image. The occasion was the memorial service of Georgia Carol Kaiser, 
There she was, beaming down on us from a white screen, majestic in evening wear and pearls, as gorgeous as any mature woman had a right to look. Her warm, self-possessed smile showed an old pro's comfort in front of a camera, as well as a human connection with the photographer, and thereby with everyone who saw the picture. In this case, a packed house of family, friends, and admirers who came to mourn her passing at age 91. The power of the photograph was not a surprise to any of us. After all, Georgia Carroll had been a famous cover girl in her heyday just before the Second World War. The most beautiful girl in the world, she was called in a Red Book article, circa 1939. Steichen, Horst, and other renowned photographers of the era had photographed her flawless face back then. But this particular photo had been taken when Georgia was in her late 60s. Her rare beauty remained intact. The moment Georgia and her famous husband, band leader Kay Kaiser, set foot in Chapel Hill, our bastion of academia became a glamorous place to live. The Kaisers hadn't been married long when they moved here in 1950. They'd met when she was 21 and had been acting in Hollywood for a few years. Kay's star had risen even higher from his leading roles in a series of popular movies at that time. When Kay's College of Musical Knowledge went on tour to entertain the troops in World War II, George Carroll signed on as the band's lead female singer. Tell us briefly who Kay Kaiser was. Kay Kaiser graduated from UNC, and he was a big man on campus. He was the cheerleader, probably the head cheerleader. He went out to Hollywood, and somehow, without even reading music, he became a band leader, a famous band leader. He was a huge success. And now, Lucky Strike presents Kay Kaiser's College of Musical Knowledge with our old professor, Kay Kaiser. Hello, folks. How are y'all? Well, we got a swell song for you, so what are we waiting for? Come on, children. Yes, dance. That went on to a career in movies. And at one time, he was one of the most successful movie stars in Hollywood. Tell us who Georgia Carroll was. Georgia Carroll was the biggest supermodel of her day. Back then, they were called cover girls. After a successful career as a model in New York, she was summoned to Hollywood to audition for a role as Daisy May in the movie called Little Abner, based on a comic strip back then. But she was turned down. But then she was hired to play herself in several movies. So she would, there would be a leading man, and on his arm would be the beautiful Georgia Carroll that everybody recognized from magazines and billboards. She was a big name. Tell us how she came to know Kay Kaiser. Well, she also could sing, and she wanted to be a part of the war effort. Kay was touring to entertain troops. With his big band. With his big band, and when Kay Kaiser's lead female singer resigned, Georgia stepped into the role, and she toured with Kay. That's how they got to know each other. Later, Julie Conway and Sally Mason, but first, it's Georgia Carroll. Ma, he's making eyes at me. Ma, he's awfully nice to me. Ma, he's almost breaking my heart. I'm beside him. 
mercy, let his conscience guide him out. He wants to marry me. And just as life sometimes does imitate art, he fell in love with her. On the spur of the moment, the couple eloped when the band conveniently played Las Vegas. So often the ethereal bride wearing haute couture wedding gowns in the pages of Vogue, Georgia liked to poke fun at herself. At her own nuptials, she wore a rump-sprung black suit. After a blissful half-decade as a Beverly Hills wife and mother, Georgia suddenly found herself in a small southern university town. Kay, at the pinnacle of his media popularity, had left showbiz to become a Christian science practitioner, envisioning a quiet, meaningful life in the village where he had graduated from college. Blindsided, his young wife faced a radically different lifestyle from that to which she had become accustomed, socializing with the families of Kay's pals, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, and Edgar Bergen. Now here she was, two small daughters in tow and another soon to come, moving into the broken-down old Hooper Howell house on Franklin Street, bequeathed to Kay by his bachelor uncle, Professor Vernon Howell. Georgia took the bull by the horns, to use one of her favorite expressions, and immersed herself in local culture and in the process became enchanted with the charming historic village. She studied the area's architectural vernacular before renovating their early 19th century house, careful to preserve its historic character. Using her keen eye and skills picked up from the movie set designers, she turned Uncle Vernon's house into a cozy showplace. Her house, as had her face years before, appeared in national magazines. Her love affair with the Hooper Howell House led to a passion for historic preservation. Her design skills, honed during the process, were sought after, and she generously helped friends transform their own homes. Public spaces, including the UNC President's House and the Carolina Inn Dining Room, benefited from her touch. The beauty queen had become an alchemist, transmuting ordinary rooms into spectacular ones, as if by magic. So how did Morton Neal, decades younger, become such a close friend of Georgia Kaiser's? Her daughter Carol introduced Morton to her mother. It turned out that Morton, her then-husband Bill Neal, and Georgia shared a lot in common— a passion for food, a keen sense of design, and even for a while, a house, when the young Neal family moved in with the Kaisers. She helped us set up our own restaurant at what is now Farrington House. Which is a farmhouse about about five miles from Chapel Hill. More like 10. It seemed like 100 at the time. (laughs) And Georgia took us under her wing and wanted to help us turn it into a French country-looking restaurant. She had a passion for everything French, and she basically just adopted us. We were close ever since that project, and then when we moved to town, she helped us set up and design the restaurant that we opened in Chapel Hill. Actually, we moved into her house. She invited the whole family to move in. You and your husband at that time, and... I had a five-year-old and a... Newborn. So That's she was. A lot of activity. Oh, yeah, she was awfully generous. Of course, we paid her back by cooking for her dinner parties. So she did get something out of it. But she was a lot of fun and uh, she became my mentor in interior design. She was a brilliant designer. 
she just knew how to put things together in an interesting way that made you feel like her house was not at all stuffy, but it really fed the eye as well as the soul. What do you think are some of the most important things that you learned from Georgia over the years? I called her an angel of beauty. She was one of those people that everything she touched became more beautiful. Take, for instance, her holiday tree trimming ritual. Decorating her Christmas tree was uh, a labor of love, but it was labor. And we used to love to go over and help her because just taking these beautiful, gorgeous, fascinating ornaments out of the box was fun. She had collected ornaments from all over the world, and she had homemade things that people had given to her. Uh, The whole Christmas tree became a story because of these ornaments. You started with the most perfect tree that she had picked out. Then the lights had to be just so, and you had to weave them in and out of the tree. And then you had to stand away from the tree and squint. And by doing that, you could see if any of the lights were too close together. And if they were too close together, you had to redo it until every light was spaced just right. Then the ornaments went on, but the hard part was the lights. But it didn't just happen. She would keep going until it was perfect. And I learned from her to keep going until you get it right. Don't stop. Another thing she taught me was about color. Her colors need to have a little brown in them to have the right kind of patina. And she called that demi-manure. She would choose a color that she liked. She got her colors mixed from Knight Campbell Hardware Store on Franklin Street, old-timey hardware store. When Georgia walked into the hardware store, Mr. Knight and Mr. Campbell quaked in their boots, I think, because they knew that they were going to have to mix colors for her. And she would have them add a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of something else until she got the right demi-manure quality. Then she was satisfied until she went home and put it on the wall and it wasn't quite right, so she would bring the whole can back to change it just the tiniest bit more until it was just right. (laughs) I think Mr. Knight was the one that waited on her and, you know, I could see him sighing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course, he loved her. He, he loved being around. Everybody loved being around her. But, you know, she made people work. And, of course, she did, too. She was not just the queen bee. She was the worker bee as well. Stories of Georgia's generosity are legend. She jumped in and helped with fundraising for civic groups and organizations. She worked hard to preserve houses that have fallen into disrepair. That generosity also extended to those around her all year round, but particularly during Christmas. Every Christmas Eve, Georgia gave a dinner party. And of course, it was where you wanted to be because her house was the most beautiful place in town as well as the coziest. But she would invite people that she knew were going to be alone, scoop them up, and they were included at her her dinner party. And that just shows what a compassionate, loving spirit she was. She really cared about other people, and she didn't want anybody to be alone on Christmas Eve. So they were at the Kaiser's house. 
The most remarkable and irreplaceable quality about Georgia was her aura. In Georgia's presence, food tasted better, music sounded more vibrant, conversation was livelier than anywhere else. Her world, even toward the end, was a beautiful place. Around her, we even seemed to look better than we usually did. A month before she died, Georgia was the guest of honor at a Christmas gathering given by our old friends, Ann Stewart and Randall Roden. Though the event took place at the Cedars Retirement Community Clubhouse instead of the Hooper Howell House, Ann and Randall tried to recreate the Kaiser's annual carol sing, complete with her old neighbor Bill Irvin at the piano and sheet music to help us to remember every single verse as Georgia preferred. For more than a half hour, we sang without her, all sharing the same worry. Perhaps she was too frail to make it. But suddenly, there she was. All eyes turned to take her in, quaffed, bejeweled, and dazzling in a green satin jacket. She always knew how to make an entrance, even in a wheelchair, an oxygen tube in her nose. Georgia was the most beautiful woman there. As always, she lit up the room, and the party began. On this episode of the 27 Views podcast, we've been visiting with author, cook, and designer Morton Neal. She's been discussing and reading from her story, The Beauty Queen of Chapel Hill featured in Eno Publishers' anthology, 27 Views of Chapel Hill, a Southern University town in prose and poetry. Born and raised in Brookhaven, Mississippi, Morton Neal learned to cook at her grandmother's knee and learned to eat well in New Orleans. With Bill Neal, whom she met and married while at Duke University, she opened Restaurant La Residence, the first fine dining restaurant of its kind in North Carolina. Since leaving the restaurant business, she has written a cookbook memoir entitled Remembering Bill Neal, Favorite Recipes from a Life in Cooking, as well as numerous articles for magazines and other publications. For many years, Morton was the food editor of Raleigh Metro Magazine and hosted a lifestyle radio talk show called Better Living. She continues to write a recipe column entitled Joyous Cooking for Chapel Hill Magazine and to design interior spaces for her clients. If you would like to hear Morton Neal read her entire story, The Beauty Queen of Chapel Hill, featured in 27 Views of Chapel Hill, you can find a link to it on our website at enopublishers.org. That's enopublishers, with an S at the end, dot O-R-G. There, on the show notes page for episode 10, You'll find a recording of the story and other information about this podcast. 27 Views is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Woodman. That's me. Editing and mixing supervision are by Mark Maximoff. Executive producers are Ezra Rawich and Elizabeth Benfee. Music for this episode are two songs. One entitled Serenade for Sleepy Lovers by the group Cast of Characters. That's available on Soundstripe. The other song, Oh Christmas Tree, is performed by the Evergreen Trio, and it is available on Epidemic Sound. 
You can find a link to both songs on the episode 10 show notes page on the Eno Publishers website. We've also featured two sound bites of Georgia Carroll singing I'll Be Around and Ma, He's Making Eyes at Me with Kay Kaiser's College of Musical Knowledge. 27 Views theme music is from the composition called Cory in the Meadow, written and performed by Bruno Luchron. Please join us next time for more stories and voices of the South on the 27 Views podcast. <laughs>